What's going on guys and welcome to today's episode of the show. Now just full disclosure before we get stuck into this, if the audio quality sounds a bit off pace, I can only apologise. It's currently 8pm the night before today's show is about to air and I'm just out walking the dog because I've had a long day in the Lake District. I've not long since been home, put Esme down to bed. I'm out just getting some evening steps in and it's hit me like a slap in the face that tomorrow morning this episode goes out and I've not yet recorded the intro. So generally speaking, I'd be sat in my office with a warm cup of tea and a few notes and a microphone and I'd make sure that I hit the key elements that I need to hit ahead of the show that you're about to listen to. But of course, for the reasons that I've just said, this is uh, a bit of an attempt at winging it, I guess. So yeah, I apologise, but as per tradition, I wanted to give you an insight into what you can expect uh, from the upcoming recording. Now, today's show hinges around negativity, and for me, this is a very important show. And the reason why is because I speak to hundreds of entrepreneurs over the course of a typical year, you know, month in, month out, week in, week out. I'll speak to people about starting a business, building brand, leveraging social media, generating leads, liaising with the community, um, putting themselves out there in front of friends and ex-colleagues and family members. And it's quite a daunting thing to do because for a lot of people, it's brand new and it's scary. And what we do a lot of the time is fear the negativity or our perceptions of negativity that may come our way. We're scared of what people are going to say, what people are going to think, and really whether or not people might put us down in a public domain. And for me, it's tragic when people let those insecurities and those perceptions of what people may think, people let those fears get in the way of them taking action. And for me, that's tragic because you can't let the opinion of a complete stranger or your perception of what an opinion of a complete stranger may be get in the way of you taking action of you building a business of you achieving your full potential so I think it's important that whilst negativity doesn't completely um, go away it's always going to creep in to an extent and whilst the fear that you've got in putting yourself out there may never completely diminish I think it is important to manage it to maybe reframe it and get better at dealing with it and use that as energy to push you forward rather than holding you back so in today's show myself and Scott talk about our journey with negativity reflecting back on our own experiences and talking about this topic in quite a broad sense to hopefully help you reframe it and handle it and take it in your stride a little bit better but we also eat our own cooking because earlier on this week we was in the property industry press not myself and scott specifically but exp as an organization because we're here a killer landmark in terms of scaling the business to 200 partners across the country something that as you can imagine myself and scott and everyone behind the scenes at exp is incredibly proud of but of course with press coverage comes a degree of negativity so we break down some of the comments and some of the negative feedback and positive feedback that we received through those articles on today's show to give a more balanced approach so i really hope that although today's podcast is kind of a podcast of two halves in that respect i hope that you can take some um, inspiration some food for thought and as i always say some bits that you can apply to your own thinking and your own mission moving forward now in hindsight we talk about negativity in a broader sense towards the end of the podcast and we kick off the podcast by breaking down some of the comments i really wish that we'd have done it the other way around but hopefully you still get the gist and you still get some tangible action from today's show so as ever sit back relax enjoy the program and we'll catch you on the other side oh three i've never seen i've never seen that before so i i have to consent I've just had to consent to that. That's that's a good, probably a good new addition to Zoom, actually. That was mad. So did you hear it say, this meeting is now recording? Yeah, and I've had to consent to it this end, which makes sense. That's a, 
very logical. I guess so, mate. I guess so. Threw me off a little bit that, but uh, as per tradition, three, (laughs) two, one. (laughs) We're in. (laughs) How's it going, mate? I'm all right, Ben, as you well know, because we've been chatting before we started recording. (laughs) I know. It's it's always awkward, that, isn't it? We always have like a bit of a catch up before we hit record, and then we've got to pretend that that never happened as soon as we hit record to introduce the podcast. So, although I've been been listening to um, the Louis Theroux book and, one of the things he all of his introductions is the first time he's met someone on camera, which I kind of like. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah. cool. So when he turns up and knocks on the door and they go, "Hey, I'm Louis," like that really is them meeting one another for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's awesome, Louis Theroux. My, my partner's a journalist and she's absolutely obsessed with him. So it's just Louis Theroux all day, every day in our house, mate. We've even got a mug with his face on and everything. So, so I've got to get through this on it. Yeah, mate, that's exactly what it says. You know yeah. the script. You're a fan. You're a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get the poster. In fact, I might. I might I might get the poster to swap it with Audrey Hepburn. I don't know, mate. That Audrey Hepburn's been taking place of pride on your wall for far too long. It seemed like a shame almost to take it down at this point. Mate, it was like three quid in TK Maxx about 10 years ago. Mate, great investment. Best three quid you will ever spend. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway how, how's life been my friend I've, I've been away for a week so have you got anything new to tell me what's been going on in in scottsville oh mate just 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 busy as you know um still you know listings are a little bit harder to come by you know you've got the vendors got to be treated like gold but buyers coming in at all angles you know you get a, you get a fall through which used to be the end of the world and all the fall through means now is you've got probably a busy day of viewings tomorrow before the place is resold so yeah, frustrating, but one of those things. So yeah, mate, really, really busy. How are you? Yeah, good. Back to reality with a bang, I think, is, is probably the best way to explain. Obviously, I was away last week on the uh, the, the family trip. We got that cottage up in Cumbria, didn't we, for a week? So Wicked. Yeah, it was really nice, mate. Good to just take a step back and reset. And I wasn't completely hands-off. I think my mind's always ticking about work. I'm always thinking about something. Yeah just part of my DNA. I guess my business is also my lifestyle. Um, but yeah, it was nice to wind down and just spend a bit of time with a family. And the, the house that we went to, mate, I know I always bang on about wanting to buy this dream property in the Lake District or somewhere rural. Like the property that we stayed in was literally the dream. Like it was this farmhouse on a massive plot, like big gardens. The dog was loving his life. The kids are out playing football 24-7. Like a lovely yeah. little river running beside it. So yeah, it was exactly what, I taste. mate yeah so if anything else you know it's nice to relax but I've come back I think a lot more motivated than what I was before just by tasting you know the yeah. reason why I'm, I'm doing this if you know what I mean um, but that's why you um I think like I think I would rather take more shorter breaks like you've just had than fewer longer breaks like especially when you're working like we do at the moment personally I think that refresh is really important like really important. Um, how, how did you manage that from like a work point of view then when you went away? What did you do with like viewings and vendor contact and stuff? Yeah, well, I, I had a kind of a bit of a whip round on my vendors who were on the market before. Obviously, sales progression is taken care of because I've got an assistant who helps out with that, as we discussed the other week. But um, with the existing vendors on the market, I just said, look, I'm, I'm booking a week off. I'm away in the Lake District. So, you know, if there's anything urgent, feel free to pop me a message. But 
for all intents and purposes, I'm, I'm off. And they all just said, no, that's great. Have a lovely time. And I didn't hear from a single one of them while I was away. In fact, one of them, because I, I just sort of said, if any inquiries come in in the meantime, um, I'm going to get them qualified for you. Would you like to do the access or do you want me to do it when I come back? And uh, they all said, we'll do the access. So other than them just saying, oh, can I just double check that was three o'clock tomorrow? Like I, I didn't hear from any of yeah. them. So yeah, it was very hands off in that respect, which was nice. And uh, I guess that's the beauty of working with a small a small portfolio of people who get you like the, the, the response was oh bloody hell ben you deserve a break go and put your feet up son that that, that was kind of the ethos yeah. not so much what the hell how dare you walk away i've not sold my house yet so no the, the reception was really nice and i felt a lot more relaxed because of it yeah i can i can imagine that's that's been my experience as well mate and i, I remember when i when i joined the xp thinking ahead at how i'd book a break and and come in from sort of more I'm not going to say traditional, more typical estate agency background. I'm like immediately thinking about how I cover up the fact I'm on holiday, like how I deceive people. Like I was trying to work out if there's a way of getting your phone to always ring with like that British ringtone rather than the broad one. And yeah, yeah. I'll do this, I'll do that. And then like, like you found out, mate, funny enough, you just tell people the truth and they're normally quite happy with it, aren't they really? Yeah, I, I, I think have any problems with it. I think as long as like in any work of life or business, I think as long as people know, what's going on the cool like had i have not have put that groundwork in and someone couldn't reach me from you know they rang me on monday and didn't get a call back till thursday it would have been a real issue but once people know and you've managed those expectations yeah people are fine aren't they it's just being honest with people yeah. being, being transparent yeah great yeah great we're glad you had a nice time mate i, I need a break of some sort I, this weekend i was meant to have a break and i decided to build a bit of decking um <laughs> oh, yeah. and <laughs> crazy told everyone about it i like told all my vendors i'm not around saturday this weekend i'm building some decking i had like two or three messages saying hey scott can you chat like sunday so i took the call and they're like what's that noise in the background I'm like that's the professional finishing my decking <laughs> <laughs> how far did you get with it out of interest did you uh have a crack at it or was it kind of done yeah. before you got out of first gear mate it just it, again it's it, do you know what it is and and i likened it to how everyone thinks they can be an estate agent because because hopefully, if you've only ever dealt with good estate agents, like most people, they make the job look easy. And anyone can be an estate agent, the same as anybody can be, you know, chippy and, and build a deck. The whole time things are going smoothly. <laughs> it's when you hit a problem, isn't it? Like, you know, I was trying to put these posts in the ground and I hit a root. I'm like, I don't know what to do here. Like, yeah. everything, about, everything about my instructions assumed that would go smoothly. And now, and, and honestly, mate, this guy just came in and just blitzed it in like a few hours and just made it look easy. It's completely emasculated. Yeah. Um, but I've now got a nice bit of decking to look at, mate. So you know, like, it's like our job, isn't it? It's all the little things that you, you learn over the years that are hard to even recall where or when you learned them. But all these little techniques at different times that just make the job a little bit easier course mate it's like anything in it it's those little nuances that you don't realize like the way you negotiate an offer when you stop speaking how you ask for feedback the questions that you're asking how it's reported the psychology of sales getting to know your clients it's like you take it for granted almost because we've been doing it for so long but you put a complete novice on the phone and it's like their version of everest in it you know it's completely new and alien yeah um but i can definitely relate to you on that emasculating thing i had a bathroom fitted not too long ago and uh, I kind of went through this little point of thinking, oh, should I try and do the tiling? Could I do this? Could I put the sink in? And Becky was just like, mate, I won't even trust you to change a light bulb. Like, piss off. We're getting someone in to do it. So this guy came in to do it, like, lovely chap. And I was just like, 
So would, would you like another cup of tea, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> hanging then, about. Yeah. yeah, just hanging about. Like, would you like me to sweep up after you, Daniel? Just trying to do like the little jobs that I could. And then uh, when the new bathroom suite came, he was like, can you give me a hand with this bath, mate? I was like, <clears throat> yeah, 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 no, yeah. no worries, mate. Yeah, I'm down two secs. <laughs> so that was about the uh, the extent of my contribution to that refurbishment. <laughs> Listen, mate, we, we, we've all been there. We've all been there. I won't be making it. I've, I've said the same thing again, though. Like, all the tools are going now get rid of it all just to get rid of the temptation to have another stab at something in the end instead of doing that i just had the weekend off which was just lovely exactly mate and like i was just saying about that break you need that time to yourself whether you're on holiday or you're just at home chilling watching the football playing on footy man or whatever it is you're doing with your spare time at the minute it's just nice to take a minute to relax in it Um, yeah Yeah, tell you what i did learn though like when I was away, I was saying to Becky, because obviously, you know, my goal is, 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 is the house. Like I'm always talking about this house that I want to buy and, you know, I want it to, to you know, get the perfect property for the kids to grow up in. But what the best thing was, it wasn't so much the bricks and the mortar. It wasn't that materialistic item. What was the best thing was, for example, we had a day of glorious sunshine. And on that day, I was doing like a workout in the garden, like a Joe Wicks home workout, doing burpees. The kids were training with me because they could see me exercising. Then we were throwing rocks in the river next door straight after to like freshen up. And it's just like normally in the real world, I'm scuttling off down to the gym, taking an hour away from the house. or I'm training like a dingy garage that's full of spider webs where, you know, the, the kids wouldn't dare come in to train with me. So I just thought it's that lifestyle piece in it and just spending time together that's really important. So I feel very grateful, mate, that I got the time to do that. But equally, it's good to be back in and back to the grind. <laughs> well, that's that's what the balance is like. You couldn't enjoy that break if you weren't working hard when you weren't there, Ben. So, you know, that's what you work towards, isn't it? To be able to have that downtime. Indeed, mate. Indeed, indeed. Um, Really good chat with Adam last week. Had some great feedback on that episode. I don't know if anyone's reached out to you directly, but the the, the feedback internally from the XP agents and a few others has been been really good. So a quick shout out to Adam. And if you've not listened to that episode last week, feel free to, to go back into the uh, episode details and have a listen. It'll be an hour well spent to learn about EXP and the inception and leadership and the future of agency and fees and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, just to give everyone a nudge, if you've not already listened to that, please do check in. I think that future agency fee thing is probably a podcast in itself, mate, as well. I'd love to come back to that now I think about it because I think that's a massive discussion. I think it's going to be really interesting over the next five years. Yeah, no, big time, mate, big time. Maybe it's something we're covering in the coming weeks. But anyway, from from that podcast to this one, uh, today we're taking a bit of a change in direction, aren't we, Scott? Um, We had a podcast scheduled today that we were planning to do, but we was in the industry press um, this week because proud to announce we've officially hit 200 agents as an organization which is a brilliant milestone and then uh, we went across the negotiator property industry i um one or two others i think can't remember the names at the top of my head but essentially we got a, a press release put out there to celebrate the milestone and um yeah today we're going to dig into a few of the comments <laughs> pretty much <laughs> comments yeah the comments section you can find yourself lost in there that's for sure no, you really do, mate. You really do. And it's kind of like, you know, one of the biggest questions that I get, particularly around um, agents coming in and embracing social media and putting themselves out there and doing video and kind of bearing the soul to the world is how do you deal with negativity? That's like a, a big thing that repeatedly comes up because I think people are scared to be judged or, you know, scared to be put down in a public way. But whilst it's never really the rule, I think inevitably that that kind of creeps in, but we see that in all walks of life, right? And uh, I guess that one of the reasons why we're going to delve into this today is A, just to kind of give some balanced and 
logical, rational responses to some of the, the things that people say are some of the misconceptions that we can maybe dispel around the model. Um, but second to that, this is how I feel like you handle negativity. It's water off a duck's back. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. It tends to be more of a reflection on them and what they're going through or what they're striving for. And it just manifests itself and comes out in a way that's not conducive to helping them push their mission, but try and bring you down from the what the work that you're doing so yeah i think it's uh it'd be interesting to read through these and get your take on a few of these comments scott to be honest <laughs> well and and well we'll come through it in a minute but it's as you say people post different sometimes it's just a genuine misconception we get that a lot and that's fine and i, I like i quite like it when people post something that they've got a little bit wrong about our model because for us it gives us feedback about what they're not explaining properly you know, so if we constantly get the same comment about, um, you know, an example being about the percentage splits, you have to give this much away, then, you know, it, it kind of reminds us to educate people on how that works with capping and, you know, all the different streams of income and the support you get for that. So, you know, I, I've adapted now, I don't know about you, to take that as feedback. Sometimes it is just a complete, is it troll or troll? I always say troll, but people say troll. Troll, I say, yeah. Whatever it is, right? So some you can't take every negative comment as that, but there are people out there that are just posting deliberately antagonizing things, you know, you have to accept that. But 90% of it is feedback, I think. You know, I'm quite happy to see it, and a lot of it's genuinely well-intended, I think. Yeah, it is, and you can see it a mile off, can't you? Like, I did a post a couple of weeks ago now um, before I went away, and I had the exact same thing. So a couple of people jumped onto it, and there was one guy. He was just fishing for an argument. Like, he was just, like, negative, very hostile, very combative in what he was saying. You could just tell, like, there was no logical debate or conversation that was going to take place that was going to be lead to a constructive outcome for anyone. It just in for blood basically and then on that same thread somebody else commented saying um oh don't don't think my views are as strong as that guys but one question that i did have is this and you know I, i'll answer those questions all day and take as much time out of my day as i need to in order to kind of not write that wrong but educate that person i guess or give you know my side of the argument or my insights as to what the answer to that particular question or perceived um problem yeah. is if that makes sense but there's definitely a difference you're right mate and i think more often than not it is constructive it's genuinely people being inquisitive and not trying to be ball bags effectively but you know ball bags do creep in don't they <laughs> it's just... yeah yeah they do yeah they do speaking of which <laughs> that's a nice little segue <laughs> nice little segue into the article um so we'll just kind of go through these it's a bit of a mixed bag of comments i think this is all all together but a few of them are responses and you know not really kind of direct questions or or comments from people so we'll kind of breeze through and take it one by one so the first one is from compliance guy on property industry i and he's put i have seen countless linkedin posts from exp uk agents over the last year who genuinely seem to be thriving under the umbrella they all come across honest and make it clear that it's scary at first and not for everyone and not initially a walk in the park but they seem to be making enough money to be happy and having a work-life balance which makes them happy they also seem to praise adam day and other experienced exp agents for the support and guidance adam himself is always liking or commenting on their post which shows his genuine engagement to each of them seems to be a very successful model yeah <laughs> i want to I need to come on to some of the juicier ones really <laughs> Skip yeah. past this one. No, i mean that's you know that that's 
That's nice to hear. I mean, to be honest, mate, when I first saw that one, I thought that must have been written by one of our agents because it's so complimentary and positive. But I actually don't think it is. Um, they've done a good job of disguising it if it is. But, you know, that that's exactly what we want to hear. I mean, certainly from my point of view, and I think, well, I can speak on behalf of you. I, I know that you do as well. Is try to put off quite a rounded, um, you know, a rounded view of what it's like to be an EXP agent. I don't think either of us have ever only showed one side of the coin I think you know so if, they, if that feedback is in any way directed to anything I've posted then you know, I'm really grateful for that really because that's certainly what I've always tried to do and I think you'll probably you'll probably echo that then yeah definitely it's uh, I think it's important that you show the highs and the lows a it manages expectations so people know exactly what they're coming into because I always say when I'm speaking to agents directly not even in the in the public eye the last thing that I'd want on my conscious is painting this perfect dream of an outcome you know making it all sunshine and rainbows and suddenly they come into the reality and they're not prepared for the following months. And I think that's a big reason why we put this podcast together. And even on this series, we've been quite open about the downs. Um, I think it's important to do that to, to manage expectations, like I say, but also I think it makes it believable and, and relatable and, you know, it, it benefits us in that respect as well. That, well, and, 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 you know, if, if, if it was all easy, why would you want to do it? Because nothing, nothing that's easy comes with a reward worth having. You know, if, if, if you're going to climb Everest, who would go and climb Everest if it was just really easy? Exactly. That's not the point, is it? You know, it's not, in a way, by talking about the downsides, I talk about the downsides because I, I want to attract people in my, into my organisation that are up for a challenge. You know, honestly, great. But the reason it attracts the right people to the model, if we're honest about the downsides, right? Because then you get the people that are prepared to roll up their sleeves come in, dig deep and give it a really, really good go. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then it's like um, the beauty of us kind of being in the situation that we've had, that we're in as well is, you know, for example, before jumping on this podcast today, Scott, I've had back-to-back -back Zoom calls with existing agents. Some are, you know, walking on air at the moment and it's going amazing. Some are struggling with various elements of the business, but it's great to be able to look back and say like, look, I can completely empathize with this because no journey is inherently unique. We all go through different challenges and struggles we've all got a different mindset but generally speaking as I think you said on a, on a past podcast there's someone who's walked the path that you're trying to get to to business ownership to that goal so there'll be some experience that we can relate back on and and, and kind of put into practice to help you overcome this um so yeah I think it's really important that that, that, that it's like a bit of a, an unfiltered lens I guess into the reality of a situation so thanks very much to uh, Compliance Guy, whoever. Yeah, you, you can come again. I'll, I'll send you a five <laughs> later, Compliance Guy. You're welcome on the podcast anytime. Um, so comment number two uh, from Best and Final 51. Um, impressive growth indeed in a relatively short period of time. It will be interesting to see how things pan out for the remainder of 2021. It's well documented that instructions are increasingly tough to come by. How many of these guys and girls will have the financial means to keep going will be interesting to see. As for the three well-established online agencies comment, hatched easy property and e-move, it's hardly a glowing endorsement. Less said about that, the better. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a comment in two parts isn't it first of all yeah agree it will be interesting to see how things pan out for the the rest of this year and going to next year you know it's i don't know <laughs> it's all i can add to that i've never ever don't think you'll ever catch me trying to predict the future i don't know we'll have to see my point yeah. of view is as simple as that let's see 
impossible to predict the future but one thing that I can say is reflecting back on the past when we went into lockdown as scary as it was I felt a hell of a lot better knowing that you know it wasn't going into lockdown with thousands of pounds to pay out on structures and offices and leases and you know portals and all that kind of stuff that I'd normally have to encounter if that had happened at any point in my business career prior March 2020 (laughs) um so yeah, who knows uh, how people will, will will kind of handle things and react in the future if, if there is a dip down in, in business. But I always think that irrespective of, of the, the climate and how busy or how flat the market is, people want to sell and buyers want to buy. You know, that's the reality. It's just about positioning yourself as that authority that you can capitalize on that. So I, I, but my personal view is I think we'll do better in a dip than we are now. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think... I think for starters, there's there's good agents at the moment that are locked into job roles because they're only a little bit more than they were before. So they're in a comfortable position. I think those great agents will look at options in a dip. Far more likely they'll look at options in a dip rather than when things are, are booming. It seems the wrong way around, but it's just human nature. People will look to solve it once they've got a problem. And at the moment, most estate agents don't have a problem other than time, I guess, and, and probably working very, very hard. So I think from that point of view, not only will agents, good agents, reassess what they're doing in it, should we or when we experience a dip, but I also think then people will be more selective about what agent they instruct. Whereas at the moment, I, I find it really hard sometimes to give a good reason to instruct me over someone else because I know even if that other agent is average, they're probably still going to sell it. Because the market is that strong. Because the market is so strong. So actually, I, I know, it sounds cliche to say, but I personally think we might thrive in, I'm not talking about a global crash or you know that I don't know, but I personally think we'll thrive if if the market was to stall a bit. I think people have become more selective over what agent they use, and that can only ever be a good thing for a good agent, right? Absolutely, and um, you know when we just look at kind of the, the the raw economics of the model as well, you know the comments kind of alluding to a, a lack of stock, and I think I can't remember if we'd hit record at this point, Scott, but you was definitely mentioned at some point during this this conversation that you're finding it the same, you know, vendors are hard to come by, but the market's very buoyant in terms of buyer demand. But the reality is, Scott, like you've got an incredible business with five properties on the market. I've got a business with seven properties on the market. So even if there is a downturn in stock coming to the market, I think that any experienced agent who's worth the salt, who's passionate, who's consistent, who's putting themselves out there, regardless of the turbulence of, of, of the environment they're working in, you know, you can back yourself to get a couple of instructions a month. And that's really, I think, all you need to create a good business in this space, given, you know, the structures. And the fees you're charging. I mean, it's, it's worth mentioning just for clarity that the reason you and I have both got only a handful of properties on the market is because we've got so many under offer, right? It's mm-hmm. it's not five isn't the total and seven isn't the total. We've, we're both sitting here. You know, I've got no appointments tomorrow. None. Not not because I'm not doing <laughs> But I've got no houses to show. Yeah, yeah. I've got... I keep coming up with diary days where I've got nothing to do other than go and water the grass, which is great. So, um, yeah, wonderful situation to be in, really. Do we, I mean, do we, the next bit, as the, as for the three well-established online agencies, Hatched, Easy Property and E-Move, I mean, Adam was fairly open about his experiences with those. Are, are probably not for us to comment on those, really. Not I mean, really. Hatched, Hatched, he successfully sold to a corporate. So, you know, I don't think any, and I think only two, I think it's only the Bruce brothers that have sold an online agency, isn't it, for the profit? 
I was just, exactly, mate. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. I mean, that's you know, notoriously, it's a difficult space to to thrive and exit in on, on, on you know on a high. But he did that exactly. That started it from scratch, took it from inception. Very pioneering at the time. Obviously, it wasn't a thing like it is now. So he kind of went against the grain in that respect. And like you say, he, he successfully sold it and, and exited on a profit. And that's that put that puts him as part of a very select club. So I'm not sure that needs to be brushed under the carpet. I think that's sort of success speaking for itself, really. Yeah, um, an easy property and e-move again you know he was employed as as uh, you know part of the senior team to lead strategy the writing was already on the wall I think at e-move by the time he started he was there for probably by the time his first coffee went cold it was pretty much time to to wind down and, and change direction and um, but I guess like you say that's that's a question for, for Adam but I think he did touch on that briefly in our podcast last week so again guys a, a second Nod to you to go and listen to last week's episode if that's something you're interested in. And uh, best and final 51, if you are genuinely interested in Adam's background, then it'd be a good listen for you as well. That's good. The next one then. So Gangstar Agent. Can I just say first off, Scott, you better watch your mouth before you answer this comment. Because <laughs> th- this, this guy, you can tell he's legit a gangster because he spelled it S-T-A. Yeah, mate. Yeah, that's right. That's That's when you really know. So if you were thinking this was this was some kind of keyboard warrior and property industry guy with nothing better to do than you're mistaken, Scott, watch your mouth. <laughs> Posting at eight twenty eight as well, so the early bird catches the worm. That's it. Um, I think at eight twenty eight, I was just about thinking about getting up. So um, not, <laughs> not sure. Clearly more motivated than me. So it's it's actually. I mean, the comments not that bad. It's just it's just it's either deliberately ill-informed or um, ignorant. I don't know, but. Um, I'll, I'll read it as it is, but there's, there's no punctuation whatsoever. So um, it might sound a little bit wordy. I, 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 in fact, I'll just read it as if there's punctuation in it then because it's going to be hard to read otherwise. I'm not so sure they all do that well as you only ever hear from about a dozen of their agents and they are the ones that want the pyramid earning scheme to kick in. Got yeah. any thoughts on that, Ben? Yeah, so... Well, I mean, we know that the facts and figures, don't we? I mean, they get posted weekly, so we're well aware of, you know, just how many agents are into production and how much money people are earning and how pipelines are starting to take shape and how people are listing properties and selling properties. So anyone who's listening to this podcast internal to EXP, regardless of how out there and vocal you are on social media or not, then, you know, you know very well that there are a lot of people who aren't maybe quite as in your face as myself and Scott, who are doing very, 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 very well um, behind the scenes. It's just up to them whether or not they choose to share that with the external world. Um, So, yeah, I'd say first and foremost, just to kind of put gangster agent to you know, put his mind at rest. There are definitely agents having great success. It's not just, you know, a handful of agents out of 200 that are succeeding. Um, You know, the the fact... Just in perspective, quick for gangster agent, I suspect I'll earn somewhere between 140 and 150 grand, and I think I'm like 11th in the pipeline charts at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and you've just capped as well, aren't you? Yeah, I've capped, so no more 30% for me. For I don't start paying 30% again till November. Yeah, and that's the other thing, mate. I mean, you've got um, you've capped. We've had uh, James Berry capped. Gavin, uh, I'm, I'm Gavin capped. Uh, Sam Sarone. Yeah. Kirk's very close. Um, and that's, you know, what we've done less than 18 months of trade. Everyone's gone from a cold start. No one's brought over a portfolio or data. Everyone's gone from day one to growing that business. So I think that's, 
you know, and you look at production numbers as well, guys, you know, go on right move. If you look at how many listings we've got, I think we're north of 1500 listings now, Scott, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's incredible. We've, we've, we've nearly 65, 70% under offer as well. Mental. Um, yeah. Which is, I mean, comparable with anybody's stats really. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, what, what, I'm not so sure. I mean, any, any post that says I'm not so sure, I mean, that's the only, probably the only decent sentence in it, really. I'm not so sure. Probably says that a lot. Um, they all do. All you ever hear from is a dozen agents. I mean, this is, this is somebody talking about a LinkedIn activity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the realistically, and, 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 and although this person's word it in a way they have, there'll, there'll be lots of people genuinely thinking all this lot do is post on LinkedIn to try and attract agents. I think what I would say to, about that is that's because that's what that's the tool I use LinkedIn for. It's like saying you only use a hammer to bang in nails. You know, I wouldn't go and use it to saw a bit of wood with. And the, the LinkedIn tool is for me to talk to agents and attract agents to my business. So I'll go on, I'll post a video. I'm not going to go on and post a video where I've got 16,500 connections across the whole globe, mainly across the whole UK, and say, is anybody looking to buy a house in Broadstairs? Yeah. You know, in the same way, you'll never see on Facebook me saying, does it, do any agents here want to earn 150 grand a year? Because they're not the right environments for that kind of comment. So, yeah, look, taking it on board as feedback, I think what the person's alluding to is the fact that I would, would guess they're on LinkedIn a lot. Um, and, and that's generally the post you'll see is us talking about EXP and how to join. But I think in answer to the question, although it's not phrased as a question, that's just because that's the environment. That's exactly what I use LinkedIn for. 100%. I had the same question when I uh, when we were, when we went down to meet Chris Watkin and we all had a chat um, down yeah. in Grantham about, about the model and our journeys and our stories and whatnot. Chris said the same thing to me. He said, I hope you don't take offense from this, but if I was to tune into your LinkedIn, I'd think you was more of a recruiter for EXP rather than an agent. Um, I just said to him, that's because the narr- that's the narrative of that platform. I'm on a you know professional networking site that's used a lot for recruitment to talk about my business, the business, and bringing new agents into the business to help them grow their business. So, of course, that's the leading narrative because that's the platform and that's been used as it's intended to be used. That's a totally different version of Ben to what you'll get if you go on to Ben Moore, you know, estate agent on Facebook, or you go onto my Instagram account because I'm not really talking directly to my peers. I'm talking to consumers. So you change the narrative depending on your goal for that platform and also who yeah. you're addressing and what they want to see. Um so yeah, probably a lot of merit in that. I'm guessing a, a big LinkedIn user. Um, and someone's commented, uh, overrated agent, um, commented saying, everything that I have seen seems to be a push for new recruits for the pyramid rather than selling houses. But if they are doing well, then fair play to them. I mean, it all comes back to the fact that, yes, we want agents to join us. But if those agents join and are unsuccessful, there's no money flowing through the business in the first place to divide up through revenue share anyway, right? So, you know, have I... I, I'll say quite simply, I only want agents to join my network who are looking to sell as many houses as they possibly can. You know, no, we're, not, we're not about agent numbers, are we? I don't think internally, I don't think we talk about agent numbers at all. 
No. Well, I mean, that's, um, you know, one of the main reasons why we've only de- dealt with very experienced agents. If our approach was to throw, sorry for the language, but to throw enough shit at the wall and see what sticks, then we wouldn't be so strict as to what we are with qualifying experience and making sure that we are effectively setting people up for success. And we need to look at that, um, that, that, that the ecosystem of that person's business, their personal circumstances, their finances, their plan, how experienced they are, what markets they've worked in previously, and make sure that we are setting that individual for success because otherwise like you said yourself if people aren't transacting if they're not in production and there's no completion fees there then the quote-unquote pyramid is non-existent because we all need to make sure the agent's succeeding or no one's succeeding that's that's the reality of the model so yeah property poke in the eye as as commented now i did a um i did a linkedin video about this poster before oh did you um yeah i did and so I'm, I'm pretty sure I know who Property Poke in the Eye is because both times I've mentioned them, the same person has viewed my LinkedIn profile about 10 minutes after. <laughs> I can't declare it. It's, and I know they won't now, but it's a shame. I'm pretty sure I know who Property Poke in the Eye is. Now, I mean, this person has been posting on Property Industry Eye for years and years and years, like a little mini, mini celebrity, really, outside right. of, uh, although no idea who it is. Um, and and the, the comment he posted, it says, it would be nice to know how much they are actually making net. Last time I checked, you have to give back about 30 or 40% of fees to EXP. So the question to ask, if you went alone, would this be a better move for the individual long term? Which this is, this is sort of a, a fair comment yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of points that just, th- this was exactly the sort of narrative last time which is from what i've heard is how it's always post from what i've heard or you know last time i checked you have to give back about 30 or 40 percent is well you haven't checked if you don't know and it's 30 percent you know we're very very clear about that but here's the thing it's it's i won't pay 30 percent and neither will you i'll pay 15 percent because i'm going to turn over 160 grand so i'm not going to pay 30 percent away at all i mean i think we get this a lot, don't we? And this this actually is in line with the comment that you said you didn't even bother going back to. It's not dissimilar to this. It was somebody saying that, um, um, if I remember correctly, it was somebody saying about giving away 30% of your business. It's like, well, what's the alternative? Like, we, it's, it's a 70-30 split because we have next to no running costs. You, know, you can't put it simpler than that. You have next to no running costs. If you turn over 160 grand, you'll only pay 15%. If you turn over 40 grand, not only will you, you'll still pay 30%, but that'll be 12 grand. Now, if you were to go out on your own and you can run your business for 20 to 24 grand, I think you've done pretty damn well. 100%. Yeah, but you're committing to that when you set up that business in a more traditional way, whether you're successful or not, at least with EXP, it's a success only way to pay your business bills. If you're successful, you'll pay give or take the same amount as you would if you went out on your own anyway. If things don't go as well, or it just takes a little bit longer, maybe the first year just takes a little bit longer to get going than you ideally wanted, you'll end up paying considerably less. So for me, I remember just thinking, this takes away next to all the risk. That's that that's the key, mate. It's it's more of a, a risk mitigator than it is giving away 30% of the revenue. So you're right. That exact conversation on that thread that you was referring to was pretty much the basis of 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 of, of what we're discussing now. Um, 
because I think people make the mistake of thinking, oh, you're giving it away, you're giving away 30% of your fee. And it's like, well, no, because in any business in the world, whatever it is that you're doing, there's an element of overhead. So no business runs off a 100% profit margin because like you said, in the, in the real world, you've got to factor in various portal costs, your CRM costs, um, any prop tech that you want, just the, the, the general core structural bits that you need to run the business that like you said can tie you into a six, nine, 12 month contract at, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, five thousand pound a month. So before you've even, you know, picked up the phone for the first conversation, you're already like fifty grand deep based on the contracts that you've signed for twelve months worth of subscriptions and things. So when you kind of make that paradigm shift and you realize, well, actually, this thirty percent contribution has only been paid out of success. And it's capped at 24 grand over a 12 month trading period, an average of two grand a month, a bit more when we factor in the fixed transaction fees. Like it's a complete economical no brainer and you're not giving away that 30%. That's just you paying for the structure that you're using in arrears if you're successful. And by the way, if you're not successful, you pay 150 quid like, <laughs> and, and the doors to your business stay open. You can't really say fairer than that, I don't think. No, I agree. And it is, I mean, if it's a genuine question, then that's cool. I get that. And, and the question to ask at the top, the, the property poke in the eye said, it'd be nice to know how much they actually make net. And, and I mean, internally, we can all see roughly what each other are doing, not to the pound and the pence, but we can all see pretty much what we're doing. Um, I, I mean, I'm always happy to share my income. I mean, it's all over. If, if, if the question's being asked genuinely, then I'll answer it. So if I go to my finance targets, and have a little look at my um, monthly figures. You know, if we really want to know, last month, I'm, this month I've made £13,073 profit. Last month I made 11333 The month before that I did 26358 If you want to go back six months, the average net profit for me after, after the key, before someone asks, after all of my costs, My average payment has been £14,763. So in answer to your question, I'm profiting about 14 and a half grand a month. Brilliant, brilliant. And again, for balance, obviously it doesn't go like that from day one. There's the teething no. problems, building your pipeline, all the setbacks that you go through over the first six months. But I think the key is kind of riding that wave and being able to come through that wall to get it to a point where you can do those sorts of numbers without having to chase incredible volume. Great. And, and, you know, people sometimes want to know what does the average agent ask? Honest answer, I don't know, because I'm not, I'm not a director of EXP. I don't know the overall figures. So I don't know what the average person earns at EXP. Um, I probably, if you're worried about what average people do, don't start your own business would be the first thing I'd say. Yeah. Um, you know, I had somebody very recently who's very, very senior in an organization and in about 150 grand a year said well what does the average person earn in your company i said well what does the average person earn in yours and the answer is about 35 grand i said well you're five times the average there so why are you worried about what the average is at exp yeah 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 and and, and i really really think it's important to come back to the fact that we're all running different races at exp you know i mean there's there's 11 people earning more than me at the moment i think you're one of them then in terms, of, in terms of pipeline, but you've got more money banked for sure. I've, <laughs> I've, 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 so it's kind of like, I've got more money on the screen, but you've got more money in your bank and I know where I'd rather have that cash. So you're not, you're not doing Oh, that. thanks, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's the mad thing. It's like you, you've, got, you've got Ben and I that are all over LinkedIn and sort of, and, and behind the scenes, there's 
11 people with much, much higher pipelines. I mean, I think we've got people with pipelines up to 130 grand, but you know about those people because a lot of them are, are telling you. But what is really, really important to remember is that not everybody's in that race trying to win. It reminds me once, right? I remember I was riding my bike along this like long road coming home from the train station. And there was this bloke who was about 70 on his bike, about 300 yards. And I thought, I wonder if I can overtake him before I get to the park. <laughs> so I went, I went, hell for leather, hell for leather. I overtook him and I was like, yes. And then I thought, I've just beat a 70 year old man on a bike race. <laughs> and he didn't even know he was in the race. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even warn him. And that's the thing, like not everyone has joined EXP to try and earn huge amounts of money there's plenty of people that have joined exp to try and get a better work-life balance or work it around raising a family on their own or uh to, just to show they can or you know a supplementary almost like semi-retirement income you know there's so many different reasons that people have joined exp that the reason we can't come back to saying well this is an average figure is because yeah, my my question to you would be Talk to us if you're interested to know that. Tell us what race you're planning to enter and we will line you up to have a conversation with somebody who's in that race too. So if you want to earn as much money as possible, give us a call and Ben and I can talk to you about how we are trying to do that. If you want a lifestyle balance, I've got agents I can introduce you to that are absolutely smashing that, working 15 hours a week and earning 40 grand a year. Yeah. So I think that's the key, just to make sure you're talking to the right people who are trying to achieve the same thing as you. Definitely, man. It's, there's not one size fits all success metric that everyone works to, is there? It, you, you couldn't be more right in what you're saying. And we see all, sh all shades of that. Like the, the last few days alone, the amount of conversations I've had with agents since I've been back from the lakes. You know, I was speaking to a 22 year old guy the other day who's got a fair few years served, actually. He's like 22, but going on 52 in his head, like super mature, but, you know, still young. And what he wants is to, he literally wants to work seven days a week. He's so ambitious, so enthusiastic, as much cash as possible. He's got a clear plan on what he wants to do. He wants to be the market leader in his area. And then you look at, say, like a Matt Bentley, for example, um, you know, got a lot of time served, been around for decades, very senior, very well respected, known in his local market. He'll just take a listing as and when it gets it. If someone wants to give him a call on a random Thursday, he'll list it, you know, the, the, the following week for them. And that might be him for the next six months. Like he's quite breezy about it. So you're right. There's no one size fits all response into how the journey is going to look. It's about, again, going back to what we said a few times now, how does that business need to look and feel for you? And then let us help you get there or introduce you to someone who can help you get there. If we're not the best qualified people to, to give you that advice. Not great. Yeah, definitely mate. And, 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 and that's why, you know, I'm always conscious when it comes to talking about the money that we don't make it all about that. You know, I think it's really important, but I think it just shows the flexibility of the setup, doesn't it? And I think another thing, of course, is what I like about being set up in a self-employed way that I am without huge overcosts is, let's be honest about it, <laughs> hopefully it's okay to say in the pod, but me and you are really easing back on, on property sales, right? You know, and so I'm looking at the summer and maybe I'll kick myself about this in a few years' time. But I'm looking at the summer, the weather's improved. I think we've probably got a three month window of it being nice. And I've, I've slowed down the pushing of my estate agency business. You know, you can't do that if you've got five members of staff and a big neon sign over, you know, a building that you rent for two grand a month yeah. with rates. You can't do that. So another thing to consider here as well is that 
not only can you run your own race, but you can choose when you run it. You can choose the length, the duration and the times you're trying to be. So, you know, right now I might decide to, you know, put my foot down again, another go, another six month go, hundred mile an hour. Let's try and get another hundred grand in the pipeline. But honestly, right now I'm, I'm, I'm foot off the gas on the agency side. I've got a good pipeline as I know you have. I've got money in the bank as I know you have, and I'm focusing my efforts on other things right now. So again, that's another benefit. It's a flexible approach. You can absolutely up the ante and go help for leather, or you can bring it right back down and slip into neutral if you want for a little bit of time, if you need to, you know, recuperate. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's a, that's probably a misconception itself there that, you know, I've, sp- I've been speaking to a lady from uh, one of the hybrid players and super really good, really good agent, like very good at what she does, super passionate, but she's had it drilled into her that, you know, she's self-employed, but she's being asked, oh, why have you only converted X this week? How come you've not sold Y this month? So when I was having a conversation with her, the first question she asked me was, so what are the targets? How many do I need to list? And it's just like, well, you know, there are no targets. It's completely down to you. You've got that freedom. You've got that autonomy. You build the business in your mind's eye. Like, how many do you want to list in a month? What fees do you want to charge? And I think she almost kind of thought that that was part of some kind of sales pitch, that smoke and mirrors trying to sort of sell this dream. And then in reality, it'd be very different. And I'd be on the phone to her every couple of weeks asking what performance is like and, you know, what she's forecasting for completions the following month. It's like, you know, you're never once going to be quizzed or questioned or pushed or pressured or asked about any of those things, because quite frankly, it's none of our business. It's your business, not mine, not Scott's, not Adam's, not anyone's. It's down to you how you want to run it. But by the same token, if you do need help or accountability or you're struggling to get to that milestone that you've set for yourself and you need someone to give you a nudge, then you better believe that's there as well. But on your terms, it's not going to be forced upon you. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, do you want to... So, I mean, we've got some rather lengthier comments here as well, which we can come to if you want. Or I guess it's interesting, isn't it, when you put yourself out there a little bit, which I think you're maybe a little bit more used to than I am, but now I'm sort of a bit of a veteran having been doing it for a year. I feel like we both relax a little bit when we get comments that we don't like. A little bit. (laughs) Not, 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 (laughs) Not completely. But if you think back to like our WhatsApp group, you know, a year ago, I remember we used to get one particular person would post up and I just, it, it could like ruin evenings, right? Do you remember that? I remember once sitting up at like one in the morning, it's like three of us having a three-way yeah. like WhatsApp conversation. And I we were just irritated. And I remember, I remember being tired the next day and just being like really stressed out by the fact that somebody would post something I didn't like. I still don't enjoy it. I find it much easier to get over now. I think I've learned to view it as we said at the beginning of the pod, um, as 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 feedback if they're genuinely if they're genuinely misunderstanding something about our model then we haven't done a good enough job explaining it yeah yeah that's massive and there is a it's just distinguishing that difference in it because it's you know it's the world would be a boring place if everyone agreed with us all the time and if we all had the same views and the same outlooks and the same opinions and we all identified with the same things you know it'd be 
you know, the world would be a boring place effectively. So it's okay to disagree. It's okay to have debate. It's okay to be intrigued, to ask questions, to not understand something, to need to be educated. All those things are fine. And I'm happy to have those conversations with anyone. I'm not saying that everyone's going to come into our line of thinking or think that EXP is the best thing since bread was sliced or, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinions and, you know, they can take their own actions accordingly. But I think it's, it's that difference between is someone actually trying to, open conversation here and have a conversation about business or is somebody just trying to derail my day or project an insecurity that they've got onto me because I just happen to be the one that's on their screen at that moment in time when they've been triggered Um, and and I think it's kind of like if you can learn to be comfortable with the former and realize that you know your views aren't necessarily right maybe someone will challenge your thinking and get you to think in a different way or educate you in some way if you can if you can be okay with healthy debate that's amazing but also get better at shutting the door on things that are just plain negative and aren't there to serve you and are more there to try and trip you up if that makes sense and i think we all know inherently when we see that sort of interaction we know when someone's being horrible to us or trying to criticize us or bring us down or be combative deliberately or whether someone is genuinely intrigued and wants your thoughts or your feedback or your opinion on something well Uh, i remember saying that um i think i think i've definitely learned as well to trust other people to spot that too so i used to feel like i couldn't go to bed and leave a comment like that un responded to because if somebody had made an accusation about something that I'd said or done I'd feel the need to get my word in but more and more I started finding I'm gonna say trust my audience but I don't mean it like that (laughs) (laughs) it's it's, such an influencer (laughs) (laughs) if you if you just trust that people will see through it though it becomes a lot easier right so if someone's trolling you and then just posting shit about you all the time I, I find more and more now I'd, I'd be getting comments from people saying like, did you see what this person said? Like yeah. laughing face, laughing face. And yeah, eventually I started thinking, yeah, may, maybe people are sensible enough just to see through it. And I don't need to respond to every single ridiculous comment. Yeah. I think in, in, in a way as well, I think silence speaks volumes. Do you know what I mean? Like if you, if you just leave it unresponded, but you can see that you are interacting with people who've got positive things to say, I think that almost is the best outcome for you as the original, what's the word, publisher or content creator or whatever you whatever yeah. you want to say. Um, because it's kind of like, you know, you are welcome. That, that, that post last week's classic. Someone sent a message. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but effectively just, just trying to pull me down the post. And I did have that moment where I was like, ah... And you I, I saw it then because you WhatsApped it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and you, and you had that moment where you, you kind of chomping from the bit thinking, okay, I'm, I'm going to put this right. I'm going to get you told. I'm going to put you back in your box. You have all those, you know, knee jerk reactions, let's call it, where you want to just fight your own corner. But then you take a minute, you chill out, you know, you neutralize yourself a little bit. You take yourself out of the situation and just look at it as to why has that bothered me? Like, why is, why, why would that trigger me? It's just completely not true. And I think that's the other thing. If you can completely, it's like, if I, if I said now, Scott, you're a purple elephant. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. You're not going to be triggered, mate. You know, you're not a purple elephant. What a ridiculous thing for me to say. You're not going to lose any sleep over it. But if I came out and said, 
it's disgusting how you promote yourself. You're misleading about estate agency. You haven't got, you, you know, you might suddenly be like, have I? Have, I, have I said something wrong? Have I done something? Yeah. And that might hit you a bit. So I think the reality is it's just like, ask yourself why you've been triggered by something. Is there a, is there a lesson in there somewhere? But ultimately, if someone's just being a ball back for the sake of being a ball back, like you've just got to, you just got to let them live, you know, let them stick to their mission and kill them with kindness and success. Well, I think most of the time, they're not just being a knob on that one-off basis. You know, you see it. It's like I'm part of a Facebook group when I am, and you've just got the same bloke moaning about everything. This bin's full up in the park. Why don't the council come amend it? And the next week it will be, you know, oh, there's youths on the beach having a party. And I think I think other people are generally reading that going, well, it was bank holiday weekends, so the bins are full, and let youths have fun on the beach in the evening. That's cool yeah, too. Yeah. But no problem. And actually, if you responded to it, you'd make it worse. So you're quite right. I think I think people genuinely look and just go, yeah, I've seen this seen this person moaning before or making silly comments or whatever it might be. Um, but I don't think I'll ever fully, I don't think I'll fully mature to the point where I don't worry about it at all. No, <laughs> no, no. I think that's just like a human reaction, isn't it? Because it's like, you don't want to be criticised or you don't want people to think ill of you, especially as salespeople. That's not, you know, that's not in our makeup, is it? Um so I think that's only natural, but it's, you know, you, you've got no, you've got no control over what people say and how they treat you and what they say to you online, but you have got complete control over how you respond to that and the emotional response that you give back. Um, but, you know, time, you know, everything comes out in the wash, right? Like, you know, the people that we're talking about who were very, very, very deliberately, you know, intentfully trying to put us down and be a bit negative a year or more ago, whenever it was, you know, I look back at the year since and I look at where we are as an organization, where we are as individuals and subsequently where those guys are in their business and their careers and what's happened to them in that 12 months between, you know, them criticizing us to the present day. And I know what side of the line I'd rather be on and, who's had the most success since. So I think over time, do you know what I mean? Like quality rises to the top and everything else is just noise. Yeah, no, agreed, mate. Agreed. And um, I guess it's, it's been nice being part of a group at times where we've been able to laugh it off at least behind the scenes rather than uh, if he's out there on your own, I can imagine getting pretty hepped up about it, but. It's important though, isn't it? Cause it's like, you know, it's, it's one of them, like, cause we have that knee jerk reaction and you're angry and you want to vent. Now, it's good to have someone to vent to or, you know, someone to neutralize it and be like, oh man, I won't even bother wasting my time replying to that. What a ridiculous comment. And suddenly you get that sort of third party validation that actually, yeah, that was ridiculous. And why am I reacting like this? And that kind of brings you down and again, helps you cope with the negativity and just take it in your stride a bit more. Um, yeah. But I'll go back to what we said, you know, at the start, mate, that anyone out there, because there'd be people you know, listening to this or watching this video on YouTube and they'll be concerned about putting themselves out there because they see comments like the one that I got last week and they're thinking, oh God, Jesus, I don't want someone to say that to me. Oh, I don't want someone to bring me down like that. And subsequently that stops them from putting themselves out there. That stops them from building the business that's right for them. That stops them um, telling the world about the value they can have and how they work. That stops them achieving their goals. That stops them growing their business. That stops them hitting their targets and providing for their family and moving forward in their life just at the fear of what some random stranger who's got no bearing or significance in their life at all may or may not say. And I think sometimes it's almost tragic when you look at it like that and think, how could you let the opinion of a stranger that you just don't value at all get in the way 
of achieving all of this potential that you've got to give. So just put yourself out there. If someone wants to be negative, let that be on them. But generally speaking... The problem is you see it, right? And this is the difference. If you post 500 leaflets in your local area yeah, and you only get five calls but 495 people put in the bin, all you see is the upside. Yeah, I've got five calls, great. With social media, you see both sides. You see the upside and the downside. You see the positive comments and the negative ones. Where in the past with marketing, the negative comments were just the negative thoughts were just people who didn't phone you. Yeah, that's you, your negative. You don't, you don't know people any just go, well, I'm not phoning that guy. Look at the state of that letter or canvassing material or whatever. Whereas now, you actually get feedback <laughs> back on your marketing efforts, which can be positive or negative. I mean, I think I ask myself two questions before I post something: What am I trying to achieve by posting this, and am I likely? to achieve that by posting this. And for me, as long as it ticks both those boxes, I'll post it, you know, regardless of what it is. And if there's some downside to that, I'll, I'll accept that. And I know, I know not everybody wants to hear how much money I'm earning. I know that. I just know that my, the people I'm aiming it at do want to know how much money you can make at EXP. I know that. You do want to know how much money I'm making. It's as simple as that. 100%. Because at the end of the day, mate, the people that you're trying, I don't know, let's say you've got 10,000 connections on LinkedIn and let's say a thousand of those people are people that you need to be communicating with. It doesn't matter if those other 9,000 people mute your notifications because they, 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 they don't identify with the content. That's fine because actually you're not speaking to them anyway. And this comes back to the beauty of content marketing and being truthful to yourself and being brave enough to put yourself out there to the world because those 9,000 people, you know, they're never going to be your target market they're never going to get value from you you're never going to enjoy working with them it's those thousand people in isolation that 10 percent that you want to be communicating with so it's just about putting it's almost like a filter on your business really in it to, to bring the right people into your ecosystem so probably the, the tip is always just to get posting i think it's to know from again i've not got 10 years worth of experience, but I've got one year's worth of experience. I can tell anyone who's worried about the negative comments that you probably won't feel like that about them forever. It's just, yeah. you know, the first few hurt, right? Because then you, it's a new experience. You've never had that before. We don't walk down the street and shout negativity at each other very often. That's not common. Whereas but in the you, world of social media, it can is... Tell you, it can tell you in Margate and not Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. You know, it's just, but it's not human nature. So it, because it's not human nature, there's an adjustment period. It does just take a bit of time to get used to. But anyone who just wants to start getting themselves out there, just do it and just accept that there's going to be an upside and possibly a small downside to it, I think. Yeah, and it is a small downside. It's definitely the minority, not the majority. But in interesting, I don't know if you do this yourself. If, if, if I put a post out now, let's just say we put this podcast on LinkedIn and we got 100 comments saying that is an that's the best podcast i've ever heard used to amazing keep up the great work guys you know everyone's high-fiving us and slapping our ass that'd be nice but if one person was like you two don't know what you're talking about you you you, you, you <laughs> you'd cling wouldn't you to to the negative like it's almost like it i don't know it, it kind of, your eye just goes straight away to the negative which is interesting as well i don't know if that's like built into psychology if that's that some sort of like inner thing i need to work on i don't know but i always seem to notice the negative and feel that knee-jerk reaction to have to respond than i do if it's positive if that makes sense i do really you know it's nice to get nice comments but the negative ones tend to hurt. i think it's human nature mate yeah i think it's human nature do you, do you get it's that like, as well though yeah oh yeah big time of course i do yeah of course i do and 
hundred percent. I think maybe it goes back to, you know, if you're back when we were cavemen, right? If, if you were sitting in a nice sunny area and you're lapping up the sunshine and you've got all the food you need. So you've got all these positive things going on. But if you hear one little unidentified rustle in the bushes, you're out of there. <laughs> like, yeah, you're not yeah. messing about. You're not hanging about because there's so many positives. You are out there because of the negatives. So probably if you think about it, we're really not geared up to be communicating how we do nowadays. It's oh, not no, something it's... we're geared up to. And even the whole world of online, from a psyche point of view, is still like seriously new, isn't it? It's like brand spanking you. What isn't new is, is protecting yourself and surviving, which is, I, think, I still think, what we're geared up to. So I think that's why we do it. I think it's just taking a moment to realise that, that that one negative comment probably isn't a threat that you first think it is. Yeah, yeah. I also think that's what everyone else is going to see. I think that's the thing. I think that's what everybody else is going to see when they scroll through. They'll see the one negative comment, which is why I'm more likely to reply to that and defend myself than the positive stuff. Yeah. No, you're dead right, though, in what you just said, mate. It's interesting because when you look at that that evolution piece in terms of like going from cavemen to where we're up to now in our lives and the way that we communicate and consume content, it's completely unnatural. We're not geared. It's not in our DNA and, you know, in our conditioning to be working the way that we do. I always find it interesting that the world essentially, your phone puts the world in your pocket, right? So you could jump on, I don't know, Instagram now, Scott, you might be following a load of fitness models and you see these guys that have got unattainable, like top 0.001% of the world physiques, absolutely chiseled, like look amazing, totally ripped. You see enough of that, that becomes your new norm. Suddenly you're holding yourself against that as a benchmark of comparison whereas in reality you might be in amazing shape compared to you know health guidelines and the world average but you're comparing yourself to this unachievable benchmark of what success now looks like because of the way that you've been conditioned via the content that you're consuming so when it comes to we're kind of spiraling slightly coming away from negativity and coming more into a positive and negative mindset in general but i think what you should do is also be very selective about what you consume and what you're letting get into your head because if you're looking at people that could be me even it could be you scott it could be anyone else a fitness model a business person an influencer whoever it is if that person's not adding value to your life if they're not inspiring you if they're not driving you to do more if you're not getting any benefit from having that digital relationship and terminate it if you're holding yourself against someone who's a benchmark of something that makes you feel shit if you look at that model on instagram and think oh i'm fat i'm overweight i'm worthless i'm ugly then that's not healthy for your mindset so it's also be very selective with what you consume in a broader sense and i think that that is a really piece of low-hanging fruit to change your psyche and your mentality and put you in a better frame of mind so you're going to be more positive and more productive in life and i think there's a massive correlation there between what we consume and what we do and how we feel and and how we interpret the world yeah i I remember um at one point i cut down the people i followed on instagram to one business person one fitness person um, and one style person so i chose one person whose style i liked one person I wanted to follow in business um, and one person on the fitness side. I just thought you can't emulate 500 people, but you can choose maybe three people that have got the best of each world you want to do and emulate that one person. That's far more obtainable. Exactly. Um, and, 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 and take from those people like the golden nuggets, take the lessons, take the learning, take, take the inspiration from it to allow you to go forward in your mission. Not, I know it's like a bit of a cliche phrase now, but they say comparison is a thief of joy. So don't, 
be comparing yourself to somebody who's on their chapter 20 and you're on your page one because i think that's the other thing it can get quite there's a fine line between demoralizing and self-sabotage and yes motivating and, and spurring you on you know so it's, it's being very aware of how you're consuming and interpreting and making sure that your psyche is switched on to serve you not to drill yeah. you into the ground great mate 100 percent it's turned into a bit of a mental health podcast that Scott went a bit went a bit went a bit deep dad <laughs> <laughs> I know I started talking about like I said psyche at one point and I'm really not qualified to be making comments like that no. there'll be someone there'll be someone with like a psychology A level just going what is he talking about cavemen and rustles in bushes and relating that to life on LinkedIn oh uh, bro gang- gangster agent is going to be on your case for that fact <laughs> <laughs> right mate. Um, anything else that you'd like to add onto onto that, mate? Before no, mate, I'm done. It's um, it's about 24 degrees here, mate. So I'm setting up my uh, laptop in the garden now for the next couple of hours, and that'll be me. Uh, that'll be me. No, no more appointments today. No, you just got a nice chilled out day of working. Again. Yeah, not today. I've got plenty to do, but no, I haven't got any appointments luckily. So I have swapped the, my chinos for a nice pair of shorts, mate. I'm just going to get in the garden, make my calls from there, water the lawn lovely stuff living the dream mate well enjoy yourself crack open a yeah, cold and beer you, mate. i've got oh, a few, few viewings to get to now so have a beer for me mate and i can't do that then <laughs> <laughs> take care all right till then